Hi, this is Dan. Thanks for listening to my podcast. I trust that it'll encourage you and build your faith. If you'd like to connect with me further, visit my website at revivalnow.com. You can find me on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at RevivalNowDanSteep and Twitter at RevivalNowDan. You can also download the Revival Now app. Enjoy the podcast and share it with a friend. Hi, I'm Dan Steep, and welcome to this episode of the Dan Steep Podcast. We're going to be talking about Bible prophecy and what you need to know about the millennium. Uh, this, I, I, this is the first uh, episode that I've done specifically on the millennium. I've, I've shared uh, many uh, podcast episodes uh, about Bible prophecy, but it's interesting to me that this is the first time that I've really gotten into the subject of the millennium, which is actually a really important subject. So let's dive into it. We're going to read from Revelation chapter 20. I'm actually going to read all 15 verses of Revelation chapter 20, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven with the key to the bottomless pit, and a heavy chain in his hand. He seized the dragon, that old serpent, who is the devil, Satan, and bound him in chains for a thousand years. The angel threw him into the bottomless pit, which he then shut and locked, so Satan could not deceive the nations anymore until the thousand years were finished. Afterward, he must be released for a little while. Then I saw thrones, and the people sitting on them had been given the authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their testimony about Jesus and for proclaiming the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or his statue, nor accepted his mark on their foreheads or their hands. They all came to life again, and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. This is the first resurrection. The rest of the dead did not come back to life until the thousand years had ended. Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. For them the second death holds no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him a thousand years. When the thousand years come to an end, Satan will be let out of his prison. He will go out to deceive the nations called Gog and Magog in every corner of the earth. He will gather them together for battle, a mighty army as numberless as the sand along the seashore. And I saw them as they went up on the broad plain in the, in the, of the earth and surrounded God's people and the beloved city. But fire from heaven came down on the attacking armies and consumed them. Then the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the fiery lake of burning sulfur, joining the beast and the false prophet. There they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. And I saw a great white throne and the one sitting on it. The earth and sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne, and the books were opened, including the book of life, and the dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. The sea gave up its dead, and death and the grave gave up their dead, and all were judged according to their deeds. 
Then death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. This lake of fire is the second death. And anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. And may God bless the reading of his word as he always does, because his word tells us that the word of God never returns void, but always accomplishes that thing for which it was intended. Verse 15 tells us that everyone will stand before God in judgment. Believers will stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and unbelievers will stand before the great white throne of judgment spoken of here in Revelation chapter 20. My question to you as we get started in this episode is, has there ever been a time in your life where you've personally and publicly repented of sin and asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior? The subject of this future event taking place in the end times this event that we call the millennium, it's controversial and it's extremely important because your view on the millennium impacts how you interpret the entirety of the Bible. The word millennium is taken from two Latin words, mille, which equals 1,000, mille means 1,000, and annum, which means years. So the word millennium literally means 1,000 years. And that word uh, uh, millennium, or the 1,000 years, is found six times in Revelation chapter 20. It's a literal 1,000-year period of time. Now, there are three major views on the millennium, but of those three major views, there are two points upon which all three views agree. Those two points are this. Number one, Jesus Christ is the King of kings and Lord of lords, and he rules, or will rule, over a glorious kingdom. The second point of agreement is that one day Jesus Christ will return to this earth literally, physically, visibly, and gloriously as the judge of the entire earth. So what are the three main views on the millennium? Uh, The first view is what is called amillennial, which is just putting the letter A in front of the word millennial. Now, anytime you put the letter A in front of of a word, it always means the opposite. For example, if you put the the letter A in front of the word moral, you have amoral, which means without morals. So amillennial is talking about not having a literal 1,000-year reign. We'll get into that. This amillennial view uh, was first presented by uh, a man named Tychonius uh, back um, in in the range of 354 A.D. to 430 A.D. Tychonius, first one to introduce or present this view. So that means that the amillennial view did not come on the scene in the body of Christ until 354 years after Christ. That means the the church, we've got over 300 years of church history 
before this view ever came on the scene. What uh, amillennialism uh, believes is that the kingdom of Christ is actually unfolding during this present age, the church age, now. And uh, the kingdom and the church are looked at as synonymous terms. Christ reigning in this spiritual kingdom during the church age. So this began with the, the first advent of Christ, or the first coming of Christ, and it concludes at his second coming. Those that believe in, in the amillennial view believe in a millennial reign of Christ, but they don't believe that it's a future, literal, earthly kingdom. They see it as a spiritual, symbolic kingdom. And they refer to 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, as the basis for this belief. And that's the scripture that says that with the Lord, a, a day is as though as, as a thousand years, and one thousand years is as a day. So they use that scripture to indicate that uh, a thousand years could just be um, a, just a long period of time. If a thousand years is as a day, and a day as a thousand years, then uh, it could be thousands and thousands of years, actually, this, this millennial reign of Christ in the spiritual, symbolic sense. So uh, the amillennial view teaches that Satan was bound at the first coming of Christ as a result of the death and resurrection, that Christ is presently reigning in a spiritual kingdom, that Christ will return to judge all humanity and then usher in eternity. They don't believe in a literal seven-year tribulation, and they don't believe that the tribulation takes place before the second coming of Christ. They further do not believe in a literal 1,000-year millennial reign after the second coming of Christ. So the brief summary of the amillennial view is that the second coming of Christ is at the end of the age. After, at his second coming, there'll be a general resurrection of all people, a general judgment of all people, which then ushers in eternity. So that is the amillennial view. The second view, major view, on the millennium is what is called the post millennial view. Post-millennial. Now, the post-millennial view didn't come about until the 17th century, and even then, it really came about in certain small circles uh, and not, not broadly understood or embraced in the body of Christ, and it started with the teachings of a 17th century Unitarian minister named Daniel Whitby. And what post-millennialism espouses is that Jesus Christ will return to the earth after the millennium. So that's where we get post-millennial. Jesus Christ will return after the millennium. Consequently, the millennium is the entire period of time between the first and the second comings of Christ. 
In postmillennialism, the belief is that Christ returns after the millennium is completely over. And that's a point to which they agree with the amillennialists. In postmillennialism, Jesus' reign is, a spirit, is both spiritual and political. The millennium is not a literal thousand years, and they believe that um, through uh, the, the preaching of the gospel, through the, the presence and power of the Holy Spirit on, on the earth, through the church, that things are going to gradually improve, ushering in this golden age and that the church in this time is going to accomplish that through the preaching of the gospel. It will arrive, this, this golden age will arrive gradually as the gospel spreads through the world until the whole world is saved. And through the influence of Christ through the church, things are going to get better and better. And after the entire earth is Christianized, then the second coming takes place. They believe that the gospel of Jesus Christ is going to prevail and that the earth right now is evolving into a better and better place after which Christ will appear and usher in eternity. So they believe that the kingdom of God is now and is being extended into the world through the preaching of the gospel, the saving work of the Holy Spirit, and through saved individuals influencing the world's systems. My question to you is, have you, have you seen, have you witnessed a trend of Christians taking over the world, of, of more kings in the earth becoming Christian? Have you seen more politicians be, being saved and operating under the principles of Christ? What about presidents and world luminaries and people in political and financial power? Uh, I don't think that, that, that neither the Bible nor current events stand with this post-millennial view. And post-millennialism took a big hit after the world wars, World War I and World War II, because it was clearly saying, seen that uh, events in the world are not getting better, but actually worse. So a brief summary of the post-millennial view is uh, that conditions of the earth improve as the end draws near, culminating in a golden age when the world is totally Christianized, that the second coming of Christ is at the end of this golden age, or millennium. Then there is a general resurrection of all people, a general judgment of all people, which then ushers in eternity. So that's the first two of the three main views on the millennium, a millennial view and post-millennial view. Now we turn to the pre-millennial view. The pre-millennial view, which I make uh, no apologies about the fact that that's the view that, that I espouse and hold to with great conviction. The pre-millennial view is the only view of the early church. And it is a view that was uncontested for three centuries. As I shared earlier, uh, until 354 AD, when the amillennial view came into um, some level of, of belief in the body of Christ. 
the premillennial view is best supported by Scripture. It is best supported by the weight of biblical scholarship. It's best supported by history. And it is the only view that was embraced by the early church fathers. The early church fathers are the church leaders that followed uh, the apostles. And the main distinction between an apostle and the early church fathers is that the apostles actually saw Christ, listened to him, witnessed him, and, and the early church fathers are those leaders right after the apostles who actually never um, physically saw and listened to and interacted with Jesus. Premillennialism believes in a literal, physical, earthly kingdom of a literal 1,000 years. I believe that the second coming of Christ takes place after the seven-year tribulation and before the millennium. In premillennialism, the thousand-year millennium will be ushered in immediately after the tribulation. Christ will inaugurate the millennial kingdom by his return to earth after the seven years of great tribulation. During the millennium, Jesus Christ will reign from the earth from a literal throne in Jerusalem, which is the capital of the world in the eternal age. The millennial kingdom will be suddenly and powerfully revealed in the glory of the return of Christ. Uh, Premillennialists believe that the Bible speaks of a literal 1,000 years in which Satan will be bound that literally during this 1,000-year millennium, Satan will be literally bound. That Jewish people will be restored to their ancient land, and that the fulfillment of the Abrahamic, Davidic, and general covenants of God made with the Jewish people in Israel will all be fulfilled during the millennium. The chronology of Bible prophecy events in the premillennial view go as follows, that there will be an increase of apostasy as the church age comes to a close, which means an increase, apostasy means to fall away. And so there'll be an increase of, a, or, or falling away within the body of Christ worldwide as the church age comes to a close, and the church age, which began uh, in Acts chapter 2, runs all the way up till the rapture of the church, when the church is caught up together with Christ in the air to be with him forever. So that's the church age. The, the church is raptured out, and then comes the, the seven-year Great Tribulation, which is brought to an end by the second coming of Christ, who then ushers in the millennial reign of Christ and his people in the earth for a literal 1,000 years. At the end of the millennium, Satan is loosed for a brief time. Why is he loosed? So that he can be judged for eternity. 
at, at which point there's the great white throne judgment that we read about in Revelation chapter 20, which ushers in the new heaven and the new, new earth, and then eternity. So that is what you need to know about the three main views of the millennium, and specifically the pre-millennial view, which I believe the weight of Scripture supports above any other. Uh, in 2 Peter chapter 3, let me just read a couple of verses with you, beginning in verse 7. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Verse 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but he's long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. This tells us that the God is not slack. He's actually long-suffering. The delay in the rapture of the church is this patience of God toward every one of us because he doesn't want any of us to perish, but all to come to repentance. So he's patient. He's extending the time to give everyone the opportunity to repent of their sins and put their faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins and for the eternal destiny of their soul. That's where we're at right now in history. Are you ready to meet your Maker? Have you repented of your sin? and put your faith in Jesus Christ? Are you trusting in Him for your salvation? The Scripture lets us know very clearly that God chose you. He's, it's not His will for anyone to be lost, for anyone to spend eternity in hell. In fact, Matthew 25, verse 41 tells us that hell wasn't even created for us that hell was created for the devil and his angels. And you do not have to spend eternity in a devil's hell. It all comes down to this. God chose you. But will you choose him? And in so doing, choose life for you. I want to offer a simple prayer of salvation before this episode comes to a close. And if you'll repeat this prayer after me from a place of sincerity in your heart, you can choose God. And in choosing God, choose you. Choose life for you. Now and for eternity. The Bible says if you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And you can do that right now by repeating this prayer after me. 
Let's pray right now. Just say, Heavenly Father, I admit that I've sinned. I believe Jesus died for my sins and he rose from the grave to give me victory over sin and death. I confess my sinfulness. I repent. Please forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and make me a new person. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer together with me, welcome to the family of God. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 13, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And when you prayed that prayer with me, you called on the name of the Lord. So by the authority of God's word, not my word, but God's word, who said whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, you're saved. You're born again. And as of this very moment, you're on your way to heaven because you have Jesus in your heart. I'd like you to go to our website at revivalnow.com. Just take a quick moment, go to revivalnow.com. When you go to the website, you're going to find a big red button on the front page of the website that says, I just got saved. And if you'll click that button, It'll take you to a place where you can view some video resources that I've prepared for you to help you get started in your Christian life. So you can view those resources. They'll be a blessing to you. And you can also fill out your contact information. And if you'll fill out your contact information, we're going to send some resources to you to help you get started in your Christian life. So go to RevivalNow.com, click I Just Got Saved, and follow the prompts from there. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode and journeying with me through this episode uh, uh, of what you need to know about the millennium. Make sure you stay tuned for more episodes because I'm going to continue on a, a regular basis making sure that uh, Bible prophecy is a consistent theme and teaching in these episodes on the podcast. So again, thank you for turning, tuning in. Um, I, I trust that this has been an encouragement and a blessing to you, that it's strengthening your faith and your understanding of where we're at in God's uh, prophetic calendar, what's next, and what you can look forward to. So thank you so much for tuning in. Love you very much. And until next time, be blessed in Jesus' name.